All right, guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the major sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the highest quality ingredients on the market along with the best tasting products. You guys can head to unifyactive.com and use the code DJK10 to get 10% off all products on the website. So that's DJK10 at unifyactive.com to save 10% on all products with Unify Health Supplements. Let's get stuck into the show. Hey, I'm Max Becker, I host Sporting Max, and I'm the host of the Kids Edition on SEN every Sunday morning, and you're listening to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Max, welcome to the show, brother. Danny, it's great to be on here. Um, Yeah, love your show, love listening. Um, to yourself and it was great to have you on uh, my pod and yeah great to see you again mate first question for you is how come you're not in school it's a friday morning <laughs> well uh boomers were on this week obviously so uh i got my dad to email my homeroom <laughs> teacher and he sent a photo of my uh media accreditation for the boomers versus the world series this week and he said is it okay if max is going to be here and in the city for the week because I live down sort of Geelong way and my homeroom teacher replied he said yeah I think it's a great opportunity for Max he goes I can't wait to chat with him next Monday when I see him so I was like awesome I get to you know be around all the boomers guys and get to sit with guys like Olga Norwich and Tom Hirsch and stuff like that and the amount of things you learn from them is incredible. That's awesome mate so for the listeners or those that are watching at the moment how old are you? Uh, 16 right now yeah. 16 and how long have you been in media for? So I think it's about three years now. So you started when you were, what, 13, 14? 13, yeah. I think I was 13, yeah. That's awesome, man. So I think the question that a lot of people would be thinking at the moment is, how did you even find yourself in that position? So how did you, how did you get the gig, um, you know, being in an SEN, all that type of stuff? Like, what was the thing that even sparked your interest in trying to get a, a career in, in media? Yes, obviously it was COVID and started COVID and we're all in lockdown. And I found it fascinating how sports were affected by it and how the NBA and basketball was all just shutting down. So I just grabbed, found my dad's uh, Blue Yeti mic and I thought, I'll start a podcast. So I originally just started the first two episodes, I think it was 15 minutes an episode, talking about how uh, different sports have been affected by COVID, for example, the NBA and how the competition may look and the AFL and different ways in how they could incorporate um, and fan engagement and stuff like that. Um, different strategies they might be able to use but then um, I was discussing with a couple of different people and my uncle was best mates with Lee Jekka so shout out to Lee he used to play for the Brisbane Bullets and he was um, MVP of the German League um, I think it was a couple of years ago now maybe 10 years ago and so I just got him on and he's best mates with the Boston Celtics scout Benis Makovici so I'm like oh this is unreal like I'm, I'm about to be like three episodes in and I'm talking to the Boston Celtics scout. Like, this is unbelievable. So I had him on and then one of my other uncle's best mates is still side bottom. Yeah, so, And he, nice. the year before that, he'd come like second or third in the Brownlow. So I'm like, oh, this is like, this is just going to another level. Yeah. <laughs> and originally I was like, I'm, I'm a kid. I was like sort of, I'm still a kid, but obviously <laughs> <You are>. thir- <laughs> 13, at 13 you're thinking all I want to be is like, a basketballer or a footballer and things like that. Mm. So I was like looking for like tips from like these people and athletes and coaches and everyone on like 
how I can improve like my basketball game like what tips can I get from you in terms of like nutrition and fitness and workouts and stuff like that and then it wasn't really until I got you know probably 20 to 30 episodes in that I was like I can really I want this is what I want to do and I'm really enjoying this so I'm gonna really knuckle down and get to work and once I got to episode 49 I think I'd Mark Howard on that episode yeah and I'm like okay this is I had a chat to him and how he was really good in giving me tips and still does now like advice and stuff on how to improve my craft um not only in terms of like interview questions um but broadcasting too and then episode 50 I sent uh Craig Hutchison just an email I found his Instagram and there was an email (laughs) attached to it I thought oh sweet I'll send Hutchie an email and so I wasn't expecting a reply or anything. I'd left my phone at home and I got back from the city one morning and I checked my phone and because it's like, you know how Apple, you have your Apple Mail and Gmail? Yep. Yep. I usually don't have any emails on my Apple Mail at all. And I saw this like little red circle with a like a one yep. in the corner. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, surely not. <laughs> and so like my heart's beating and my le- legs and arms are all feeling like jelly and I scroll across, <laughs> I click on it and I see Craig Hutchison sent me um, an email back. He goes, hey, Max, love what you're doing. Love to jump on. And Unreal. That was, like, for me, that was, like, one of the best moments ever. Like, I was living on that high for, like, a week straight. Like, this is unreal. Like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is happening. Would have been a pretty elite story for show and tell at school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of my mates couldn't believe it. And I think it was, yeah, I kind of, I kind of kept it to myself a bit. Um, keep it under the radar a bit. But then I got Hutchie on. And I think the thing that sparked his interest most was I asked him about the merger between Pacific Star Network, Croc Media and SEN. And he wouldn't have been expecting that. No, he wasn't because he was on holiday, right? He was on holiday with <laughs> his family and his stepson at the time. And I was like, he was like, his jaw dropped for a sec. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like I'm in here. And then so <laughs> I kept emailing him and his assistant, Amanda, who's fantastic like one of the best human beings you'll ever meet and just to see if i could get sporting max on the sen app Mm. and then so sam thompson that the national radio director of sen reached out to me and she goes hey i'd like to set up a meeting we'd like to get you into sen and have a chat so got my manager chris and my dad we all went in there so wait wait right rewind a little bit there you had a manager already or you just signed a manager before this conversation no i had a manager already oh unreal so it was Pretty insane. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so we went in with Sam and oh, we, we were only expecting trying to get, that was our aim goal and main goal to get Sporting Max on the SCN app. So when you go to their podcast section, that's what shows up. Shows up, yeah. And I walked in there, saw Hutchie, saw Mole, and Sam's like, oh, I've listened to your podcast, love what you're doing. She's like, we can get Sporting Max on air from <laughs> 7 to 8 a.m. every Sunday. And we walked away from that. Dad and I were driving straight up to Queensland for a holiday over summer, like 15-hour trip. So me and Dad in the car, I'm like, okay, I'll have a couple of Diet Cokes on, um, on the way. And it was just unreal. That's incredible, Max. So what actually, I mean, so when you started out the podcast, yeah. was your, were you playing sport at the time? Yeah, I was. I was playing basketball and footy. So, so like, initially it was kind of, as you said before, more so just like, yeah. Getting some insight into training, nutrition, yeah. and just the world of a professional athlete. And then before that, were you interested at all in, in the media side? Or like had you watched any, whether it be commentators or people in media that you found 
interesting or did yeah. that kind of develop as you started the pod? I think I'd always taken an interest in like Dennis Cometti and Bruce McAvaney and BT and Mark Howard and Anthony Hudson and Waitley and I was um, pretty inspired by them and like loved how they commentate and yep. I was like, oh yeah, like that's cool, like that'd be awesome to do but I don't think it ever really came to realisation for me. 100%. So when you started, so you had that conversation, they said they want to get you on air. What was the first day like heading into SEN? It would have felt pretty surreal when you're going into to be live on air. I've yeah. been fortunate enough to come on your show a couple of times. Oh, we did the podcast yeah, and then we did the live. The live uh, show, yeah. Yeah, which was awesome. And um, you absolutely crushed it. And I was super <laughs> impressed after our first one. But what was that first day like? Were you pretty nervous? Uh, well, first of all, you were incredible on my podcast. I got like <laughs> heaps of emails and messages going, how good was this episode? I had people like sharing it on Facebook and things going, awesome. this isn't like an incredible chat and Danny's awesome and things like that. And so that was like, that's probably one of the highlights. So for having you on like from I think episode 20, that's been probably one of my goals to get you on because you're obviously like fitness and nutrition and stuff like that. That was something that I've always sort of prided myself on in a way. And so first day at SEN was about February and I had an interview with Steel Sidebottom again and I'd already had him on twice. I said, come into the SEN studio. I said, we'll have a chat. And Steel at this point didn't do too many interviews mm. or podcasts and things like that. So it was like, okay, this is, this is big, not only for me, but like sort of for him too, I yep. guess in a way. So for me, it was trying to make both feel comfortable where it can sort of naturally flow in a conversation. It was a bit of a 2022 season preview, which was great to chat uh, with Steele and he's a great person. That's awesome. When you have guests come in that maybe haven't seen much of your work before, do you feel like people kind of come in with uncertainty as to how, like the professionalism of it or, or what's the response you usually get from guests when they come in? Yeah, I think... It it can vary sometimes yeah. and sometimes I find it really funny like when people's jaws drop or they stop for a sec like I was I did the press conference last night for the boomers and Brian Gordon was there with Duke Breath and I was like and because everyone's like fighting over who's going to take the next question so you have to jump in like really early <laughs> yeah. so Gorge was like coming to the end of his question he was like on the last word I'm like Gorge and I'm like Gorge um can you <laughs> Can you tell me what you found out most about the squad through these three warm-up games? And he's like, um, um, he took a big breath and he thought for another sec. And he's like, um, um, and he's like, that's a great question. <laughs> and then he's like, I think I found out like the blueprint that the boomers in general have to play and different rotations and things like that, which is like perfect for like what I want to use to write and put on socials and things yeah. like that. Um, that's awesome. But, yeah, so some people don't sometimes realise, but then I love, like, I feel like if I can make a connection with a guest before mm -hmm. we go to air or before I record, it helps with natural conversation. So if we can have a bit of a laugh before or things like that. Build um, a bit of rapport with them yeah, first. it really helps ease them into the interview. Do you get nervous before, like you just mentioned last night, doing a press conference for the Boomers, which yeah. is which is huge. Do you get nervous before those things or do you, I guess the second part of that question would be, 
how much prep do you do before an interview or before going to a press conference or before attending a, a media event or whatever to make sure that you're prepared and, and confident in yourself and your questions? It depends on like what event it is for like a press conference. I'll probably like write notes throughout the game in like a notebook or my computer or something like that. For an interview, I'll probably do maybe two hours worth of research just for that interview. And then if I'm hosting an event or something like that, I'll probably do more than that because obviously you've got a live crowd and you need to need to make sure you're well researched and over everything but like in terms of like nerves I don't get too nervous I try and hype myself up with some <laughs> music or things like that what's the go-to so, playlist I'm more like I'm um, like I find like Michael Jackson like gets me <laughs> like fired up and that I can just like hype myself too like so I find that like really <laughs> I find it really like encouraging for me just to get in the mood which has been really good um, yeah, awesome. to get myself ready. That's brilliant. So what type of stuff do you focus in on now? So when you look at, you know, you've, you've got your show on SEN, you've got your mm-hmm. podcast, you've got a lot of experience now, even though you're only 16. <laughs> what are some of the things that you focus in on in trying to, you know, master your craft? Like are you doing extra work when you're at home around like communication skills? Is it is it studying other people in media and commentators is it like what are the things that you feel like you need to work on most to make sure that you can continue to grow probably for me at the moment it's probably listening to different interviews like yours and seeing how different people do it and trying to work different bits and pieces into my own craft that's probably something that I'm focused on at the moment um the other side is broadcasting and things like that so I've done a bit of play-by-play commentary for uh the, the Melbourne Tigers and the Geelong Supercats in the past UNBL one season which has been an incredible experience yeah obviously i know like a fair few of the guys from the tigers like mason gaze and i know drew william was a kitty so whenever i can get to those games and do them i get like a lot of insight from all those guys Mm. which is like incredible and to be able to know someone like mason gaze and like chat to him and like i didn't realize like how good his basketball brain was until i like actually sat down and had a great chat with him, like, in an interview. And his basketball brain's, like, out of this mind. Like, I'm thinking right now, he's, I think he's 22, 23 right now. Like, how's this kid not got an NBL contract yet? Or even, like, as a training player. Mm. He's just incredible. I put a post out on Instagram, like, after I went to one of the games. It was the 1993 Championship Reunion. And I tagged Melbourne United, I tagged Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I'm like, you guys have to sign <laughs> Mason Gaze up. That's awesome. Do you, do you find... Is there a sport in particular that you prefer to either comment, like do the play-by-play or, or to report on with media stuff? Is there a sport in particular that you enjoy more than others, like footy, basketball? Is there sports that you don't enjoy kind of getting involved in? Um, probably anything. I'm really happy to cover anything and everything. Probably my main three at the moment are cricket, basketball and footy. Mm-hmm. Like those are the three that I'm probably purely focused on mm-hmm. and my craft in that area too. And like I mentioned before, play-by-play commentary. Like, I can't watch, like, basketball or footy without, like, commentating it in my head. Like, without (laughs) play-by-play commentating it in my head. And sometimes it gets annoying. It's like I'm trying to watch the footy. (laughs) But in my head, it's like I'm still play-by-play commentating it. So I'm watching the footy. I'm watching the Saints. I'm a massive Saints fan. And I'm going, here's Gresham. He's got the ball. All right, who's got the ball next? He launches the ball inside 50 50 metres out, King's taking a clunk, he's clunked the mark, 
50 metres out, he'll set sail for a massive kick. And I can't, and, and then sometimes I think, like, all right, I've got to stop. I've got to just try and... Just watch it. Just watch it and just try and enjoy it. But at the same time, I kind of... Sometimes I laugh at myself and it gets... Um, yeah, but it's funny. That's awesome, brother. Do you, is there anyone in the media that you... You know, you mentioned a few names already that you've kind of um, taken inspiration from, but is there anyone that you use as a bit of a mentor or that you really like to listen to to try and pick up on some of the things that they do um, and try and incorporate them into your own Yeah, Joe style? Whiteley's number one. Joe Whiteley? Definitely. I yeah. think the way he prepares, and I've been lucky enough to like sit in and watch him prepare at SEN and stuff like that, and I think the amount of research and preparation he does is incredible the way he goes about it and the way he calls the game like he's like especially all these like good commentators like bruce and uh waitley in particular they're really good at like sports all about moments mm-hmm. and so i think if you can call like those big moments really well that's a massive key is there any let's say like videos or or moments from the past that you just absolutely love so like is it is there any games that come to mind or any sporting moments that really stick out to you that the commentary on it was something that you come back to and listen to often or that really sticks out? Uh, there's a couple. So not so much the commentary, but in terms of the sporting moment. Mm. Like this year, probably the Dan Houston goal yeah. against Essendon. Yeah, we're going to... We're gonna for everyone listening, we're going to get Max to, to run through a couple of play-by-plays soon. But, yeah, that was a pretty epic moment, wasn't it? Unfortunately, it was against the Bombers, which was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, Scott Boland, six wickets at the G is, and the commentary that Mark Howard to go with that, like, Boland's got six at the G. Build the man a statue. That's, that's probably like when I think of commentary and what are the best commentary moments, that, that sticks out or... Dennis Cometti and he's came up behind him like a librarian. <laughs> what is that one? Uh, that's when I think it was Heath Shaw ran down Nick Rewalt on the goal line in the 2010 grand final. And to <laughs> me as a Saints fan, that sticks out as a pretty vivid piece of commentary. Fucking hell. Do you – so you're still, you're still in school, you're year 10? Yeah, year 10, yeah. So do you have – like what does your week look like? Because I feel like – Obviously, you've got a lot of commitments with the media stuff. It sounds like you're putting in a lot of time to, to master your craft and just learn more about the, uh, about commentating and media and just sport in general. Is there much time to just be a kid and enjoy being a kid? Yeah, there's, there's surprisingly for me, is still a bit like I get to hang out with my mates sometimes, um, which is awesome. And I play basketball too, awesome. which I absolutely love. And I still try and take little bits of interviews like especially with basketballs and stuff like that that I can do into my own game. Mm-hmm. So still trying to still trying to work on that. But I think for me, like school, I love school. I love being there to hang out with my mates. Um, and my number one priority is that if I can get all my schoolwork done and keep my grades up, it allows me to be better, do better and have more time for everything else. That's unreal. That's really good to hear. What's the pathway look like for you from here? So you're, you're 16 in year 10 at the moment, already got your own show on SEN. Podcast is absolutely pumping. You're attending uh, big sporting events and getting to do media on those events. What does the, the next, say, five years look like for you and once you wrap up school and stuff like that? Yeah, well, we just had our subject selection a couple of weeks ago. So for next year, year 11 and year 12, obviously, I want to do VCA and... I've chosen to do just general math because I still think that critical thinking 
like part of everything in terms of business and things like that is really important and vital going forward and especially in media. I've chosen to do legal because I think it's good. You always need that legal side and negotiating and things like that in terms of business strategies and sponsorships and things like that. Um, business management, obviously, uh, VCEPE, which is more theory-based, and I think you do a double prac a week, yep. which obviously is a no-brainer <laughs> <laughs> in terms of what I want to do. And I think I did English, and at our school, RE is not optional, so you have to do RE. But going forward, that's what the next two years looks like for me. And then um, I think I'm going to do uni. Um, I'm hoping to go to Melbourne Uni, maybe. And I've had a look at a couple of their courses and their Bachelor of Arts and majoring in media communications is probably the one I'm looking at at the moment. And um, Xander Maguire, who's, um, I believe he's the Chief of Sport at nine at the Mm -hmm. moment, or Senior Footy kind of reporter. Xander Maguire, he's doing that. He's just finished that course at Melbourne Uni. So that's probably something I'm looking at. And what does it look like? So, so let's say you've you've done finished BCA, you're uh, you're doing your uni degree and whatnot. Like, what does the end goal for you look like? Is it full time commentator gig with the AFL, NBL? Like, have you kind of thought that far yet? Yeah, like at this stage, I want to do everything. Like everything and anything is like unbelievable and awesome. So for me, it's probably cricket, NBL, AFL. Those are the three that I really want to do. I'd love to commentate like a full Ashes series, like on home soil or on the ground in England. And that's something for me that is like, would be a pinnacle, Mm. like a pinnacle moment or even just to be at an Ashes game, which I haven't, um, I haven't been able to go to one yet. But yeah, like an Ashes series or be able to commentate the AFL, whether that's on radio or TV. And then obviously the NBL. Mm. And maybe, maybe, hopefully, I'm hoping potentially in the future get over to the States, maybe. That's NBA? Pro- that's probably, like, a big goal of mine. That's incredible. Have you, has the support been from, like, your friends and family and stuff? Yeah, really good. Um, my dad's, like, probably the main one. Um, he helps give me, like, a lot of support, a lot of, a lot of advice um, in terms of, like, if he thinks I've done a bad show... Like I might get a little bit of a spray and it's like, this is what, you know, this is what you can, you have to work on for next week and sort of. We constructive about, feedback. Yeah. Constructive feedback and yeah, how I can work on this part going forward, which this year for the show, I particularly worked on it in the last few weeks, the show, like hooking at the end mm-hmm. um, of each segment. So how we lead into ad breaks instead of saying, um, we're going to take a break here on the kids edition go coming up next on the kids edition we'll chat to such and such or we'll chat about the matildas and before the ad break yeah so to, to kind of keep the listener engaged which has been something that i've probably focused on at the moment that's cool so he's continuing to just find the little areas that you can improve yeah, yeah. must be pretty your mates at school must think it's pretty sweet you've been live on air on sen every every weekend uh sometimes i think my one of our PE teachers, Mr. Waters, thinks it's, thinks it's cooler than um, a lot of other people. Um, he's awesome, Mr. Waters. I'm for advanced PE last semester, and he's only a young guy. I think he's about 25, 26 or something like that. Yeah. And we just chat. We chat footy all the time. Um, we get along pretty well. And he coaches, he's uh, like a head coach of Belmont Lions 
down in Geelong. Mm-hmm. So we always chat about that. And one morning he called in to the, to the studio on the phone <laughs> and the producers come into me and Ali and they're like, uh, Max, we've got like a guy on the phone who says he's your PE teacher. His name's Matthew. And I'm going, yeah, Mr. Waters. And they're like, do you want us to put him through? I'm like, yeah, yeah, like chuck, chuck him through, chuck him on the line. <laughs> and so he got on and he's like, Maxie, he's like, how you going, mate? I'm like, yeah, good waters, how are you? And he's like, mate, he's like, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, mate, thanks for calling in. And then he asked me like a question about the Saints and how he think they went and they had a shocker against Gold Coast that week. And I sort of, I handballed that over to Ali and... I was chatting to him at school. He goes, mate, he goes, you handballed that over to Ali really well. <laughs> so was, you didn't have to answer it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I, I don't think I was going to answer that. <laughs> Is there any moments from whether it be your podcast or on air that really stick out to you, whether it be an extremely funny moment or a moment that just sticks out to you from a guest in particular, um, anything, anything that really stands out? Like when I think about like moments and things like that in terms of, who have interviewed, I probably think about like my interview with Waitley and um, not only how many listens and like how much support that got, but just being there. And I remember him walking in and I was pretty nervous, like my heart's racing, like my hands are shaking and he walks around the corner. It's Thursday night. It's, it was last year. So it was like, I think it was round two of the AFL season. And I think he had an apple and a banana in his hands because he was going to go call the AFL Nation in the studio after this interview and he walked around the corner he said said hey Max like how are you and I'm like like my jaw kind of dropped and I'm like oh my goodness like this is actually happening and when we got into the interview that was like I had a smile on my face the whole time and my excitement levels were so high that I (laughs) couldn't believe just what was happening and I was so grateful for you know, that opportunity to be able to talk to Waitley. That's incredible, mate. And very well deserved. Is there, what do you feel like has been some of the best feedback or constructive criticism, whether it be from your old man, whether it be from uh, some of the guests that you've had on, is there, is there certain pieces of feedback that you feel like have really helped you in terms of being a better interviewer or a better broadcaster? Yeah. One that sticks out to me is Mark Howard. And when I had him on afterwards, he's like, if you can, he goes, I love how you like scripted and you can take me through like a timeline and things like that and you've got all your questions written out he said but if you can know that person's story fully and entirely before you know they come on and you can throw away that script it helps the conversation flow much easier which is something I feel um I'm getting a bit better at um now. yeah I found the same thing with the podcast this podcast when I first started I would have all the questions. Questions scripted out. Like yeah. 21 questions. Yeah. And then even when I did the solo episodes, so I start, this is this episode that we put out will probably be around maybe like 476 or something. So when I first, probably like the first 50 to 100, whenever I yeah. did them by myself, I would have the whole episode written out in my notes. Yeah, same. Yeah. And I would try and pretend like I was just making it up on the spot. Yeah, you're and coming I, off the But then I would struggle to bloody read what I'd written down anyway yeah. and sound absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and then with the guests, I would have the questions. And I was very similar. Like the best decision I made was doing more research before yeah, or having a few touch points that I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. but just throwing away any of the questions that I'd written down really and then just letting it free flow because then the, yeah. the conversation's a lot more genuine. You don't miss out on all the little moments 
And when you've got the questions down, you kind of, you yeah, don't really okay. listen to the answers because yeah. you're worried about what you're going to ask the next. next. Question, yeah. It doesn't flow as well and, and you kind of miss out on some of the best stuff. Yeah. How'd you find that like sort of work? Game changer. It's been, I think that was one of the best decisions I made. And that's when the podcast really started to grow a bit, I think, because you build a better relationship with the guests. Yep. As you said, you get more value out of the episode because there'll be some times where let's say you were coming in today and I had a few things I wanted to talk to you about. Sometimes we won't even talk about them because yep. better, better stuff comes up yep. or you go down a different different angle and um, and you're more engaged so you become more present with the guest mm-hmm. and the guest feels like you're actually engaged, engaged in the conversation yeah. instead of just look at, continuing to look down at what you want to ask next. It feels a bit like Q&A-ish but the same time like because of the, a lot of the guests that you would have on as well have probably done a shit ton of media yeah in the past yeah. so if it's questions yeah exactly right like people could go to any anyone's podcast or any media interview and hear those answers anywhere mm. whereas if you can find like a really unique thing and i think for the guest as well what i've found is if i bring up something that is really different to what they would usually talk about or yeah. something that's really personal to them that, that, that not many people would know. So whether it's reaching out to a guest who knows them or reaching out to someone who knows them beforehand and saying, you know, is there anything that I could ask them about or bring up that, that they would be shocked that I knew or that might yeah. be a really good conversation it makes a really cool um, content. But then at the same time, that guest really feels valued and, and it sticks out to them. So then they'll be a lot more likely to talk about it with other people or refer you on to someone else. Have you got any good things from like sources or anything like that that you've been able to bring up with guests? Yeah, nothing. There's not many that like, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah. what I'll usually do is I'll try and watch a lot of their interviews yeah. previously, but then I'll also go do a bit of a deep dive on their social media or mm-hmm. just ask people that know them and... I'll try and come up with stuff that's the least obvious type of questions. Yeah. So again, if you're getting on, let's say you're getting on, uh, what's a good example? Yeah. Let's say we're chatting with Creaky. Yeah. Might ask him stuff that has nothing to do with basketball mm. or ask him stuff about from when him and I grew up together that a lot of people wouldn't know or just yep. random things that um, show the guests you're really genuinely interested in care and you know stuff you've actually d- taken the time to to do some research on who they are and stuff about their story. Um, and I find as well, if you can make it, if you can ask a question that kind of uh, plays with their emotions a bit. Mm-hmm. So like maybe a question that makes them really think or brings up some form of memory or an emotion from from the past, whether it be good or bad. Yeah. It engages them a lot more in it and you kind of get a side of them that not many people usually get to see. And then that's what people remember. Yeah, Absolutely. Mate, we have a few sporting moments that we've got here that we're going to get you to do a, a live commentary for us or a bit yeah. of a play-by-play. So we've got our three moments. So we've got, of course, Creaky's big, massive slam on, on Dally. And Mason Peatland comes up from behind and says, <laughs> on my watch. <laughs> we've got that one. We've got the five wickets from, who is it? Cam Green. Cam Green, yep. And then we've got, unfortunately... I might cut this one out because it was against Essendon, but we've got Dan Houston's goal after the siren against the Bombers. So we're going to get you to run through them for us now, brother. All right. So Cameron Green takes his fourth wicket on Boxing Day at the MCG with Kagisha Rabada. The celebration's about to begin for Australia. Back at the top of his mark, he steams into the crease. 
Stripe bat bowled him. Green, 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 green. He's got five on Boxing Day at the G. Australia win the series. South Africa bowled out for 189. Green, a bowling masterclass. Five for 27. So a smirk grin on the face of Ken Hinckley. A shot after the siren for Dan Houston. It'll take his very best here. From 55 out, Dan Houston has launched a rocket straight through the middle. Is it touched? No. Port Adelaide know it. Essendon know it. He knows it. But the umpires don't. They celebrate Butters and Horn Francis amongst them. And the umpire, the goal umpires got right under him. And the hearts break of Dylan Shields and the Bombers as Port Adelaide have won it by four points in an absolute thriller. Leafa up the floor, throws it to Creek, who takes flight. Oh! Throws it down in the celebration. He said, see you later, Dalian Peatling. Just came out and flogged him. And it's on for young and old. Newly and Dally and Agata are in there. Pino comes in at the back. There's some punches being thrown. And Creek composes himself. Referee Chris Reed getting in amongst the action. Dally not happy. He said, see you later. As we take a look at this replay in Liafa, Creek just took flight and posted on him. Not the head. And Peatling said, I'm not copping any of that. And Creek was on a manhunt there for a minute. As emotions boil over at John Kane Arena in the throwdown. Mate, you've absolutely crushed that. How good. So there, you Thanks, reckon there, you, do you do that often? Like would you, when you're at home, do you ever kind of just bring up some old clips and have a practice on that stuff? Particularly if you're about to go and do a, a play-by-play. If I'm by myself, my sister doesn't, she doesn't like me talking out loud or trying to commentate it while I'm watching the footy. <laughs> so if I'm by myself, watching it by myself, I'll commentate it out loud and I'll try and eclipse the moment and try and make those moments, like, special in my own way. But, yeah, otherwise I'd, I'll just do it in my head. Unreal. Is there, just on the while we're on this topic, before we kind of wrap things up, is there a, you kind of mentioned it already, but is there any real big moments that really stick out in your mind where a certain commentator has just absolutely nailed it. Like, you know, to me, I think of something like, you know, Buddy running down the wing and, and, and snagging that goal. Like, that was a pretty memorable moment. But mm-hmm. Or even the uh, West Coast and Sydney Grand Final when um, Leo Barry took that massive yep. massive hanger to kind of seal the game. Any of those that, that really stick out for you? Yes, it's probably that Leo Barry you star moment. Or in the most recent years, it's uh, Bowler's got six at the G... Build the man a statue. I think that's something that for every cricket fan and everyone's favourite moments um, called by Mark Howard. That's it was an incredible moment, and I think he called it like to perfection. It was six. I think it was six for seven or six for five, and yeah, I was just in awe. What advice do you have for anyone, whether they're there's someone similar to your age or whether it's uh, someone a little older that's trying to get into the media space and and start to build some traction and get their name out there with their with their work? I think 
I'm not great at advice, but I think <laughs> um, you just got to like keep working and keep going at it. I think like you got to set your mind to it. You have to set out a path. You have to set goals. You have to know what you want, and you have to hustle. And I think you have to go get it. And you have to know, and you have to take the bull by the horns to be able to set yourself a task and stick to it. And understand that there is going to be early mornings. Like I've had some interviews where I've had to get up at three o'clock in the morning to interview um, someone who's in the UK or who's in the States and things like that. Um, and there might be some late nights. I interviewed Jackie Dover as a ref recently and I think it was 10pm here and it was 6am her time in New York, and um, which is a crazy, crazy time difference. But there's going to be some late nights um, and early mornings and um, some hard work. But, yeah, I think if you can set yourself a task and stick to it, that's probably the main thing and probably something that I pride myself on. I think even for you, the starting that podcast, I mean, who knows most likely wouldn't be in the position you're in now if you hadn't taken the initiative to start that podcast in the first place, which is, yeah. coming back to that, is absolutely crazy that at that age, what, around 13 at the time? At 13, yeah. You've just, you know, decided that I'm going to start a podcast, which is crazy enough as it is, but get, can you explain a little bit how you even figured out how to start a podcast and, and, and launch I, it all and stuff? Like, I mean, because at that, at that age, most kids 13 years old aren't trying to figure out how to start a podcast. I had no idea. I was completely oblivious. So I just found like SoundCloud and yep. things like that. And I thought, oh, yeah, this will this could work right. And a lot of different other podcasts use like Podbean or Wooshka and stuff like that. I thought, oh, SoundCloud, you know, it's pretty cheap. Uh, it's good to start out with. So I thought, I'll start. I'll start with that, and I think it was free originally until you got I got to like twenty five or thirty episodes in, and you had to start paying five or ten dollars a month. I'm like, oh come on, <laughs> like nah. <laughs> and then, and then I sort of just try. I tried to learn because there's this thing called like an RSS feed. Yeah. We had to put the link into Apple Podcasts and copy it to wherever you want it to get to, mm. and that probably confused me a bit at thirty. I'm like, all right, how do I find this confused RSS? Confused me at a buddy. Yeah. Fucking 20, 23, <laughs> 24. Yeah. How do I find this RSS feed and how do I get it like across? So I was looking up on Google how to like do that and I just sort of followed some step-by-step instructions, but that was probably the main thing. But then like probably the biggest challenge like in terms of like creating stuff is like social media and trying to find like the right algorithm and like post consistency and like when to post and that kind of thing. Mm. It's a never-ending battle. No. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard to figure out, I reckon. How do you figure out, like, your... <clears throat> Mate, I, to be perfectly honest, I just don't now. Yeah, I just, find, just whenever. Yeah, I just find... I mean, obviously, there's unlikely that I'm going to throw up a post at bloody 3 in the morning or, yeah. or, 12, or 11 or 12 at night, but yeah. I just found it's not worth worrying about that stuff because if your content's good and it's got value in it, then people will find it one way yeah. or another. And if you're posting with the focus of, you know, trying to get likes or comments or trying to get the most engagement or whatever a lot of the time it kind of takes away from from the whole purpose of sharing it in the first yep. place and you put all this pressure on yourself and you start to worry about things that really don't matter too much yeah i just find the most important thing out of all of it is that every trying to have as much value as possible in your content mm-hmm. and just being consistent because consistency pays off because most people just aren't consistent or yep. it, they might be for a period of time and then they'll get over it or they'll, they'll give up or they'll go and try something else because it's not growing as quickly as they like. But even with this podcast, like I've talked about a million times on this show before, but it took so long to get any traction. Like I think in the first, like you would have had more downloads in your first year than what I had in my first two years, I reckon. Oh. I reckon. It took so long. Like it, I put out, I just made a commitment that I'd put out an episode at least once a week, every yep. week, which I've stuck to. 
and and I just tried I tried to really remove the focus from looking at how many downloads it had or how many people saw it on Instagram or, yep. or YouTube or whatever it was and just knew that if you keep putting it out and stay consistent with it, then most people won't do that. So there's yep. going to come a point in time where all that momentum and that consistency It'll starts build, to compound yeah. and, and then you start to build from there. But I can't remember what the stat is, but I think it's... I, I have no idea what the stat is, but it was something around podcasts. Like most people don't make it past episode five or 10 or something like yep. that. Um, I think it was like 95 or 90% of podcasts yep. don't make it past that. So I've absolutely butchered that stat, but um, <laughs> something along those lines. So the fact that you're even still going is mm-hmm. considerably better than than most people in that position anyway. Yeah. Um, who Who is your dream guest or a, a dream kind of person to connect with when you look at just anyone in the whole entire world in any sport or any profession, is there, is there one or two people that stand out for you that would just be an absolute dream get? To start, it was like Hutchie, Eddie Maguire, Craig Hutchison and that was pro- and Mark Howard probably. Like those were like the four big guys in terms of media or Andrew Gaze. Mm-hmm. And once I got those five, I kind of had to like think, Level okay, up a bit. what's my like, what's my next step? And since... Like, I had Warwick Gideon, which is Josh's dad, on, like, in episode 16 or something like that. And Josh was only, like, 15 or 16 then. And I was trying to get Josh on from that point, like, from 16. I was like, this kid's going to be a star. He's playing, like, Australian national team. I'm like, I've got to get him on. And I've been trying to get him on since, since, he, was then. Fi- since <laughs> he was 15 or 16. So I, I know him a bit now. And, like, he walked into the press conference on Monday night and all the other journos were sitting down. I was standing up ready for the press conference and he walked in and he came straight over to me and he grabbed my hand and he's like Maxie he's like what's going on and I'm like no nah, not much what about you and he's like no nah. he's like I'm just cruising just cruising I'm like this is unreal that's like, awesome. this is like incredible so at the moment it's probably Josh Giddy's probably one of my main targets at the moment but end goal it's probably Michael Jordan Michael Jordan like, how good would that be that's the biggest <laughs> that's the biggest if you get him feel free to refer him across yeah, to me as well please <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome Mate, well, I'm sure your old man, considering you mentioned a couple of times how he, he's pretty good in terms of feedback and, and following along with all your stuff, he'd be super proud of you. And um, you should be super proud of yourself because the stuff you're doing is fucking incredible, firstly. And I'm super impressed that both times that I've been fortunate enough to come in and, and join you in SEN have been an awesome experience. And I've come home to, to Danielle and mentioned how, how professional it was and, and how much I enjoyed it and stuff. So you should be super stoked with yourself. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how much you continue to grow over the next few years, mate. And um, once you make it big time, just try not to forget about the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast and, and me and just make sure you get me back on at some point. I will. I definitely will, Danny. I love chatting to you. And just before we wrap up, um, we were talking about before, like how you're from Horsham and stuff like that. And obviously there's like a lot of elite athletes that have, come out of Horsham were there any specific like programs or anything like that that really helped these kinds of athletes on the way it's a good question I think from the footy side as we mentioned before the TAC cup was was a massive um, stepping stone and building block for a lot of those boys Um, that's majority that's the pathway a lot of them went through and a handful of them moved from Horsham to um to Ballarat and yep. either went to St. Pat's or, or Cla- Clarendon um, in in Ballarat as a building block to then move in, into um, – and it was easier for them for, with TAC Cup and stuff like that as well. Yep. And St. Pat's in particular being like such a well-known footy school and a lot of the boys went there. Yeah. From the basketball perspective, 
we we were super fortunate to have some really elite coaches um, mm-hmm. and obviously past players that um, had made it big time that came back and and just Horsham having that reputation. So guys like um, Owen Ewan, um, yeah. Steve Bruce, yeah, um, like it was we were super super fortunate Incredible, to have yeah. those guys. You know, um, you know I always was very lucky, even like with my basketball stuff with my old man and even Creaky's old man um, Jeffrey. He was he was a big help as well. But yeah, we were very very lucky to have some awesome coaches that um, put in the time with the guys who, who eventually made it to, you know, whether it be NBL, um, Creaky going to the NBA, which is still yeah. absolutely <laughs> insane to think about. Um, the boys in the AFL, um, it was very much like a sporting town. And yep. the fact that we had a lot of people that were all trying to make it to that level were really lucky. Um, and then we kind of just had to go to a bunch of different other towns and, and the boys that are in the AFL and making it into basketball um, now, it was just similar to what you said before. It was like doing all the extra work and, and, um, the early starts and and being committed to it and that's how they got there but yeah we were super fortunate was there would have been like obviously like a really competitive environment around the town then yeah i think back now to um even when i was still playing like basketball we're, we're in big v yeah um so like lloydie and myself were playing with the big v team and and creaky was um still there for a season before he like kind of went to the institute and then the nbl and stuff but our, our big V games in Horsham, because we would have to travel to Melbourne every second week to play against the Melbourne teams. Yeah. Like the Melbourne games, we would have more supporters than the Melbourne team. Wow. So you go, when we'd have a home game, it would literally be sellout games. Far out. And then country footy, I feel like, is just like the best crowds. Like yeah. any, any country <laughs> footy game, like most of them, particularly if it was two Horsham teams, mm-hmm. it would just be a packed crowd and, and such wow. good um, community around it. So it was, it was really cool. We were super lucky. Yeah, that's incredible. Max, thank you so much for joining the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, mate. Like I said, I'm super excited to see um, how far your journey journey goes and we'll continue to follow along with it. And if I can ever do anything to help you out, you make sure you let me know. Um, but to all the listeners and those that are watching this episode, um, we hope you've really enjoyed this and taken some value from it, some inspiration. Make sure you go and check out Max's show and follow along with his journey. Um, support the, uh, the young fella and we look forward to, to seeing how far you go. Thanks so much, Danny. Great to come on and can't wait to have you on again. Pleasure, brother. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. 